Chapter 13. Excuse me, sir. What? That's my job. You let me do the chapter last week. What are you talking about? I did about? not. Yeah, no, you did. you're thinking. You are thinking of the Witcher, I, sir. I am absolutely not thinking of the Witcher, you sir. You are. You don't. I do the chapter and the chapter title. Uh, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this right, right here, live. Oh, okay. For, for all I the mean, people. I'm, <laughs> I'm right, but whatever. <clears throat> nope, nope. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share my screen with you real quick. Okay, sharing. Go. Uh, oh, no, don't need to. I need to do that. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Punktownmedia.com. Which, by the way, you guys can all go and get the podcast over at uh, Punktownmedia.com. That's what this is, really. It's just a plug for the podcast. <laughs> got a nice nice little lists and playlists set up on the website now so if you guys have missed any episodes you can you can come over here and yeah because spotify and the app yeah they're they're all, all weird they're all dick it's we all have so many terrible. problems with those it's wonky wait wait wait, 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 wait. oh uh, what's that are you oh you're just having problems with the podcast yeah, the the right one's not loading up. Hang on. Uh, this should have posted, but for some uh, and and fucking uh, watch your mouth. Sorry, friggin' uh, Marcus had uh, had had messaged me today and said he liked the little tidbit at the end and. Said he'd send me a, uh, a notepad. So oh. I would write stuff down. <laughs> That's my, okay. I was like, <laughs> notepad? What? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I told, that's so funny. Because, yeah, that's when I tell you to write something down in the middle of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. Going live. Going live. Hang on, hang on. Oh, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel silly. <laughs> you but literally, normally, you literally said it right there at the start of the read. Yeah, no, that that was somebody else. <laughs> Someone stole my mic. <laughs> normally, though, I do the chapter and the chatter, the, the title, title, chapter title. There we go. Normally. normally. All right, but yes. this time, normally, I'll let you do the chapter. <laughs> okay. So that next week we can have this argument again. Okay. All right. Chapter 13. In which Sophie blackens Howell's name. Sophie was feeling decidedly queer again when they reached the palace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. Canceled. Whoa. Ended. Final episode. Canceled. Of, can't. Uh, can't, can't that's Tavern. final words right here, right now. End of episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we don't have an outro song, so there's nothing that we can put in there to like trick people into thinking it's actually the end. <laughs> Shoot. We need to work on that. That'd probably be smart to do that so that we can... I mean, uh, how often could we do that before people get annoyed by it? But, you know what I mean. Continue. Just right, read the book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> its many golden domes dazzled her. 
The way the front entrance was up a huge flight of steps with a soldier in scarlet standing guard every six steps, the poor boys must have been near fainting in the heat. Sophie thought as she puffed her way dizzily up past them. At the top of the steps were archways, halls, corridors, and lobbies, one after another. Sophie lost count of how many. At every archway, a splendidly dressed person wearing white gloves, still somehow white in spite of the heat, inquired their business and led them on to the next personage in the next archway. And do you know where you are? You are in an endless epic. And here there be dragons. Welcome back, wayward children, to another episode of Endless Epic, a book and story allegedly podcast. <laughs> hard, uh, hard on the allegedly. We are currently reading Howl's Moving Castle uh, for you and your family, with you and your family, our family, if you will. Our family, comrade. Uh, <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> Just talking against that. Right. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, a, a nice ride so far. Um, I'm I'm here once again with my with my lovely brother, the illustrious, the elusive, the illusionary Mr. Smith. Hey, that's me. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, we're just we're just getting right just into we're it. Just, we're yeah. just doing stuff, All right? <clears throat> Mrs. Pendragon to see the king. King, king, king. That was a good one. Because yeah, there was an echo, I appreciate it. Yeah. The the voice of each echoed down the hall. There we go. <laughs> see, see what they did there, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting getting uh, immersive in the reading. Right. I appreciate it. It's broken up by the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Between, it's between, like it's getting quote unquote immersive. <laughs> <laughs> About halfway, Howell was politely detached and told to wait. Michael and Sophie went on being handed from person to person. They were taken upstairs, after which the splendid persons dressed in blue instead of red, and handed on again, after which the splendid persons were dressed in blue instead of red, I missed the word there, and handed on again until they came to an anteroom paneled in a hundred different colored woods. There, Michael was peeled off and made to wait too. Sophie, who by this time was not at all sure whether she was not having some strange dream, was ushered through huge double doors. And this time, the echoing voice said, Your Majesty, here is Mrs. Pendragon to see you. That was a smaller echo, but I appreciate it. Well, yeah. I feel like it was a smaller A smaller, area. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. But there was... Uh, oh, and there was the king, not on a throne, but sitting in a rather square chair with only a little gold leaf on it, near the middle of a large room. And dressed much more modestly than the persons who waited on him, he was quite alone, like an ordinary person. True, he sat with one leg thrust out in a kingly sort of manner, and he was handsome in a plump, slightly vague way. But, me too. <laughs> uh, but Sophie, <laughs> he, 
but to Sophie he seemed quite youthful and just a touch too proud of being a king. She felt I mean, he I ought. I think I would be proud to be a king. I mean, right? yeah, like, right. If like, you're a king. Like you're I, a I, king. I mean, I suppose I suppose it would it would be a matter of whether or not you earned it. So, like, I assume there'd be well, two different fair. kinds of pride. Yeah. Like you have the Robert Baratheon sort of kings who are like, yeah, I killed everybody to get here. And then you have the, the Joffrey kind of kings who are like, I deserve to be king. Nah. Yeah, no, so, yeah, okay. That's, well, so, she needs to distinguish on what kind of proud he is. Then. Well, I doubt she could reference whether he's a Joffrey or a Robert <laughs> well, in this instance. Yeah, obviously that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, give us a little bit more. Maybe maybe she could like maybe like a Thorin or or like a what's the what's the king of the elves in in Lord never, of the Rings? What's the king of the elves? Never name? gonna I'm never gonna give you be able to give you. I can Google it real quick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, go ahead and Google it. <laughs> Uh, no, no, don't worry, don't worry, oh, okay. yeah, don't worry. The the elf king from Lord of the Rings who clearly earned his position, or Thorin who just walked to a mountain, and was like, "I'm king now." I am now king. The king has returned, right? Like, right. <laughs> that's fair. That's right, one. Fair enough, that, okay. That's one bit that I I think that they did really well in the cartoon that they didn't do well in the films. Is that uh, like when when Thorin like rolls out of the barrel in the old animated movie for the Hobbit? Right. Like he's got the, the very 70s. dramatic "The King has returned," and then he just like passes out. And I yeah. don't I don't rec- it, it it either wasn't in there or it wasn't impressive enough for me to remember it being in one of the three Hobbit films. I feel like it was okay hold on no i do remember that in the hobbit i don't i think it was in the second one but it sounds familiar any, well yeah that's when the barrel chase was yeah the yeah yeah horrible so I think... horribly cgi'd barrel chase <laughs> hey they tried they did not, not. hard enough but they, they tried they, they yeah i was gonna say they <laughs> absolutely did not there was not enough trying that went on for me to ever address that as having been an old college try <laughs> but they had what well, they had a small budget yeah, there's a small loan of three hundred million dollars. Look, look, it was a, it was a small director. What Peter Jackson? Never even heard of that guy. What has he done? It was just a thing with fucking monkey, freaking monkeys or something. Come, come on, man, it's a family podcast. Get it together. And that guy Jack Brown or whatever his name was, some color for his last name. Who are you talking about? He did the monkey movie with Jack oh, Brown. Oh, Jack or Black. That's right. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy. That guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the only person of note in the movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, um, there's that one guy. <laughs> there's. <laughs> I'm not that saying that there aren't other recognizable actors. I'm just saying that, you can't There's name Adrian Brody, isn't it? Yeah. Who's Adrian Brody? Guy with the nose. He's oh, the, the guy with the nose. The, the, the playwright. The playwright. Yeah. And there's that's, that girl. That's probably the fourth person I would have thought of. <laughs> there's the girl that's in it. The girl. Yeah, the girl. That the that girl? one girl. That one. Then there's kid. that other guy who's always that, uh, with Jack Black, and then 
There's the the other guy who I, for some reason, still only know from Sunday edition or early edition. Oh, early edition. But you know what's funny, <laughs> and I didn't realize this, is he's also in the new Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's in both he's in both universes. I know, he's, which is just proof that the same thing happens in no matter what the universe is. It's just a matter of, like, when you exist in that universe. Yeah, yep, yep. That's what the movies yep. tell yep. us. That's what the, that's what Hollywood is is telling us about time, and it's definitely a constructive use of our time. Yeah, definitely. Where, where were we on, in the I book know, reading? She felt he ought. I think is where. Oh we right, 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 right. She felt he ought, with that face, to have to be, to have been more unsure of himself. <laughs> that is savage, Sophie. Oh my God, I love that's this rough. Book. I love this book so. But much. also, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, Well, what does Wizard Howl Mother want to see me about? And Sophie was suddenly overwhelmed by the fact that she was standing talking to the king. It was, she thought dizzily, as if the man sitting there in the huge important thing which was kingship were, wait, what am I saying? It was as if the man sitting there and the huge, important thing which was kingship were two separate things that just happened to occupy the same chair. Okay, so I read it right, I just didn't make it to the end of the sentence. Yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> and she found that she had forgotten every word of careful, delicate things Howell had told her to say. But she had to say something sent me to tell you he is not going to look for your brother, she your said. majesty. You're just going to skip I, over... Yeah, Jay, I just, just, I, your, your line's not important there. Okay, all right. Yeah, nobody needs to know that she was saying things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no way. <laughs> How are they supposed to know she was saying something if I don't tell them she was saying something? Now, everybody just, now everybody's just confused. They were like, was she thinking this? Was she saying it? I don't understand. Yeah, Everybody's lost for the rest of the, the rest of the book. Ah, shoot. <clears throat> she stared at the king, and this king stared back. It was a disaster. Are you sure? Asked the king. The wizard seemed quite willing when I talked to him. The one thing Sophie had left in her head was that she was here to blacken Howell's name. So she said. He lied about that. He didn't want to annoy you. He's a slitherer outer, if you know what I mean, your majesty. (coughs) And he hopes to slither out of finding my brother Justin? Said the king. Justin? Look, Justin sounds... Justin Justin? is like a... Justin is like a Kevin, right? Sounds like he'd be the brother to a king... But not quite I'm, a king. No, he sounds like he would be the king's dog or like his 47th <laughs> cousin, 19th times removed. This is my loyal Labrador, Justin. Justin. <laughs> That's like his brother. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. Said the king. Yeah, I believe I said that already. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, said the then, king. Then I, then I will continue saying... I see. Won't you sit down? 
since I see you are not young, and tell me the wizard's reasons. That was a weird sentence. There was another plain chair rather a long way from the king. Sophie creaked herself down into it and sat with her hands propped on her stick, like Mrs. Penston, hoping that it would make her feel better. But her mind was still simply roaring, white blank of stage fright. All she could think of to say was, Only a coward would send his old mother along to plead for him. You can see what he's like just from that, your majesty. It is an unusual step, the king said gravely. But I told him that I would make it worth his while if he agreed. Oh, he doesn't care about money, Sophie said. But he's scared stiff of the Witch of the Waste, you see. She puts a curse on him. Uh, and it's just caught up with him. Then he has every reason to be scared. The king said with a slight shiver. <sighs> but tell me more, please, about the wizard. More about how? Sophie thought desperately. I can hear me through your microphone, by the way. Oh, are you that loud? Sorry. You're good. Better. Okay. Better. <clears throat> My man. Sophie thought desperately. I have to blacken his name. Her mind was such a blank that for a second it actually seemed to her that Howell had no faults at all. How stupid. Well, he's fickle, careless, selfish, and hysterical. Uh, she said. There we go. Half the time, I think he doesn't care what happens to anyone as long as he's all right. But then I find out how awful, awfully kind he's been to someone. And then I think he's kind just when it suits him. Only then I find out he's uncharged poor people. He uncharges poor people. I don't undercharges poor people. Undercharges. There we go. <clears throat> that like my brain <laughs> could not put those letters together properly. <laughs> I don't know, Your Majesty. He's a mess. My impression, said the king, was that Howl is an disciple, slippery rogue with a glib tongue and a clever mind. Would you agree? Uh, that's me next. <laughs> How well you put it. Sophie said heartily. But you left out how vain he is and... She looked suspiciously at the king across the yards of carcass. He seemed so surprisingly ready to help her blacken Howell's name. The king was smiling. It was the slightly uncertain smile that went with the person he was, rather than the king he ought to be. Thank you, Mrs. Pendragon, he said. Your outspokenness has taken a weight off of my mind. The wizard agreed to look for my brother so readily that I thought I had picked the wrong man after all. I feared he was someone who 
was either unable to resist showing off or would do anything for money. But you have shown me that he is just the man I need. Oh, confound it. Sophie cried out. He sent me here to tell you he wasn't. And so you did. The king hitched his chair an inch towards Sophie's. Let me be equally outspoken now, he said. Mrs. Pendragon, I need my brother back badly. It is not just what I I am fond of him. Start that over again. It is not just that I am fond of him, and I regret the quarrel we had. It is not even the uncertain, the certain people who are whispering that I did away with him myself, which anyone who knows us both knows to be perfect nonsense. No, Mrs. Pendragon, the fact is my brother Justin is a brilliant general, and with High Norland and Strangia about to declare war on us, I can't do without him. The witch has threatened me too, you know. Now that all reports agree that Justin did indeed go into the waste, I am certain that the witch meant to be meant me to be without him when I needed him the most. I think she took Wizard Solomon as bait to fetch Justin. And it follows that I need a fairly clever and unscrupulous wizard to get him back. Hal will just run away. Sophie warned the king. No, said the king. I don't think he will. The fact that he sent you tells me that. He did it to show me that he was too much of a coward to care what I thought of him. Isn't that right, Mrs. Pendragon? Sophie nodded. She wished she could have remembered all of Howell's delicate remarks. The king would not have understood them even if she did not. The king would have understood them even if she did not. Not the act of a vain man, the king said. But no one would do that except as a last resort, which shows me the wizard Howell will do what I want if I make it clear to him that his last resort has failed. I think you may be uh, taking delicate hints that aren't there, your majesty. Sophie said. I think not. The king smiled. His slightly vague features had all firmed up. He was sure that he was right. Tell wizard Howell Mrs. Pendragon, that I am appointing him royal wizard from now, as from now, with a royal command to find Prince Justin, alive or dead, before the year is out. You have our leave to go now. He held out his hand to Sophie, just like Mrs. Penston, but a little less royally. Sophie levered herself up, wondering if she was meant to kiss his hand or not. But since she felt more like raising her stick and beating the king over the head with it, she took the king's hand and gave him a creaking little curtsy. It seemed the right thing to do. The king gave her a friendly smile as she hobbled away to the double doors. Oh, curses. She muttered to herself. 
It was not only exactly what Howell did not want, Howell would now move the castle a thousand miles away. Letty, Martha and Michael would all be miserable, and no doubt there would be torrents of green slime into the bargain as well. It comes of being the eldest, she muttered as she was shoving the heavy doors open. You, can, you just can't win. And here was another thing which had gone wrong. In her annoyance and disappointment, Sophie had somehow come out the wrong set of double doors. This anteroom had mirrors all around it. In them she could see her own little bent hobbling shape in its fine grey dress and great many people in a great many people in blue court dress, others in suits as fine as howls, but no Michael. Michael, of course, was hanging around in the anteroom panelled in a hundred kinds of wood. Oh, drat. One of the courtiers hastened up to her and bowed. Madam Sorceress, can I be of assistance? He was an undersized young man, rather red-eyed. Sophie stared at him. Oh. Good gracious, she said. So the spell worked. <clears throat> and it did indeed, said the small courtier a little ruefully. I disarmed him while he was sneezing, and he is now suing me? But the important yeah. thing... His face spread into a happy smile. Is that my dear Jane has come back to me. Now what can I do for you? I feel responsible for your happiness. Uh, I am not sure that mightn't be the other way around <laughs> Sophie said are you by any chance the Count of Cataract uh, at your service said the small courtier bowing wow you're taking my lines now oh I'm sorry no no it's fine you already yeah. said it Jane Ferrier must be a good foot taller than he is Sophie thought it is all definitely my fault Yes, you can help me, she said, and explained about Michael. The Count of Cataract assured her that Michael would be fetched and brought down to the entrance hall to meet her. It was no trouble at all. He took Sophie into a gloved attendant himself and handed her over with much bowing and smiling. Sophie was handed to another attendant, then another, just as before, and eventually hobbled her way down the stairs guarded by the soldiers. Michael was not there, nor was Howell, but that was a small relief to Sophie. She thought she might have guessed it would be like this. The, co the Count of Cataract was obviously a person who never got a thing right, and she was another herself. It was probably lucky she had found uh, the way out. By now, she was so tired and hot and dejected that she decided not to wait for Michael. She wanted to sit down in the fireside chair and tell Calcifer the mess she had made of things. 
She hobbled down the grand staircase and hobbled down the grand avenue. She stumped along another where spires and towers and gilded roofs circled around in giddy profusion. And she realized it was worse than she had thought. She was lost. She had absolutely no idea how to find a disguised stable where the castle's entrance was. She turned up another handsome thoroughfare in random, but she did not recognize that either. By the time she did not, by now she did not even know the way back to the palace. She tried asking people she met. Most of them seemed hot and tired as she was. Wizard Pendragon? They said. Oh, that's not... <clears throat> Wizard Pendragon? They said. <laughs> Who's he? Sophie <coughs> hobbled on hopelessly. She was near giving up and sitting on the next doorstep for the night when she passed the end of a narrow street where Mrs. Penstemon's house was. Ah, she thought. I can go and ask the footman. He and Howell were so friendly that he must know where Howell lives. So she turned down the street. The Witch of the Waste was coming up it toward her. How Sophie recognized the witch would be hard to say. Her face was different. Her hair, instead of being orderly chestnut curls, was rippling mass of red, hanging almost to her waist, and she was dressed in a floating flutters of auburn and pale yellow. Very cool and lovely she looked. Sophie knew her at once. She almost stopped, but not quite. There's no reason she should remember me, Sophie thought. I must be just one of hundreds of people she's enchanted. And Sophie stumped boldly on, thumping her stick on the cobbles and reminding herself, in case of trouble, that Mrs. Penstemon had that same stick that had, had become... Uh, huh? Mrs. Penstemon had said. Ha oh, had said that the same stick had become a powerful object. That was another mistake. The witch came floating up the little street, smiling, twirling her parasol, followed by two sulky-looking page boys in orange velvet. When she came level with Sophie, she stopped, and tawny perfume filled Sophie's nose. Why, it's Miss Hatter. The witch said, laughing. I never forget a face, particularly if I've made it myself. What are you doing here, dressed up all so fine? If you're thinking of calling on Mrs. Penstemon, you can save yourself the trouble. The old biddy's dead. Dead? <clears throat> said Sophie. <clears throat> she had a silly impulse to add, but she was alive an hour ago, and she stopped herself. Because death is like that. People are alive <laughs> until they die. Hashtag facts. Yeah. <laughs> facts for days. No truer truth. Yes, dead. Said the witch. She refused to tell me where someone was that I wanted to find. She, she said, over my dead body, 
so I took her at her word. She's looking for Howl, Sophie thought. Now what do I do? If she had not been so very hot and tired, Sophie would have been almost too scared to think. For a witch who could kill Mrs. Penstemon would have no trouble with Sophie, stick or no stick. And if she suspected for a moment that Sophie knew where Howell was, that could be the end of Sophie, perhaps. That could be the end of Sophie. Perhaps it was just as well Sophie could not remember where the castle's entrance was. I don't know who this person is that you've killed, she said, but that makes you a wicked murderess. But the witch did seem to suspect anyway, she said. But I thought you said you were going to call on Mrs. Penstemon. No, said Sophie. It was you, it was you said that. I have, I don't have to know her to call you wicked for killing her. Then where were you going? said the witch. Sophie was tempted to tell the witch to mind her own business, but that was asking for trouble. So she said the only other thing that came, only other thing she could think of. I'm going to see the king, she said. The witch laughed disbelievingly. <laughs> but will the king see you? Yes, of course. Sophie declared, trembling with terror and anger. I made an appointment. I'm going to petition him for better conditions for the for Hatters. I keep going, you see, even after what you did to me. Then, then you're going in the wrong direction, said the witch. The palace is behind you. Oh, is it? Said Sophie. She did not have to pretend to be surprised. Then I must have gotten turned around. I've been a little vague about direction ever since you made me like this. The witch laughed heartily and did not believe a word of it. <laughs> then come with me. She said. I'll show you the way to the palace. There seemed nothing Sophie could do but turn around and stump beside the witch, with the two page boys trudging sullenly behind them both. Anger and hopelessness settled over Sophie. She looked at the witch floating gracefully beside her and remembered Mrs. Penstemon had said the witch was an old woman, really. It's not fair, Sophie thought, but there was nothing she could do about it. Why did you make me like this? She demanded as they went up the grand thoroughfare with a fountain at the top of it. You were preventing me getting some information that I needed, the witch said. And I got it in the end, of course. Sophie was quite mystified by this. She was wondering whether it would do any good to say there must have been some mistake when the witch added... Though I dare say you had no idea you were. And laughed as if that was the funniest part of it. 
Have you heard of a land called Wales? She asked. No. Sophie said. Is it under the sea? The witch found this funnier than ever. Not at the moment, she said. It's where Wizard Howe comes from. You know Wizard Howe, don't you? Only by hearsay. Sophie lied. He eats girls. He's, a wick He's as wicked as you. But she felt rather cold. It did not seem to be due to the fountain they were passing at the moment beyond the... F it did not seem to be due to the fountain they were passing at the moment. Beyond the fountain, across the pink marble plaza, were the stone stairs with the palace at the top. There you are. There's the palace, said the witch. Are you sure you can manage all those stairs? None the better for you, said Sophie. Make me younger again and I'll run up them, even in this heat. That wouldn't be half so funny, said the witch. Uh, up you go. If you do persuade the king to see you, remind him that his grandfather sent me to do the, to the waste, and I bear him a grudge for that. Sophie looked hopelessly up the long flight of stairs. At least there was nobody but soldiers on them. It would have surprised her to find Michael and Howell on their way down. It would not have surprised her to find Michael and Howell on their way down, since the witch was obviously going to stand there and make sure she went up. Sophie had no choice but to climb them. Up she hobbled past the sweating soldiers, all the way to the palace entrance again hating the witch more with every step. She turned around, panting at the top. The witch was still there, floating, russet-shaped at the foot, with two small orange figures beside her, waiting to see her thrown out of the palace. Drat her, said Sophie. She hobbled over to the guards in the, at the archway, her bad luck still held. There was no sign of Michael or Howell beyond the reaches. She was forced to stay to say to the guards, There was something I forgot to tell the king. They remembered her. They let her inside. To be received by a personage in white gloves before Sophie... Uh, and before Sophie had collected her wits, the palace machinery was in motion again, and she was being handed from person to person, just like the first time, until she arrived at the same double doors, and the same person in blue was announcing, Mrs. Pendragon, to see you again, your majesty. Majesty, majesty. It was like a bad dream. Sophie thought as she went into the same large room, she seemed to have no choice but to blacken Howell's name again. The trouble was that with all that had happened and the stage fright and that's and stage fright again into the bargain, her mind was blanker than ever. The king, this time, was standing at a large desk in one corner, rather anxiously moving flags about on a map. He looked up and said pleasantly, They tell me your... Ooh, wait, hold on. They tell me there was something you forgot to say. Yes. 
said Sophie. Howell says he'll only look for Prince Justin if you promise him your daughter's hand in marriage. What put that into my head, she thought. He'll have us both executed. The king gave her a concerned look. Mrs. Pendragon, you must know that that's quite out of the question, he said. I can see you must be very worried about your son to suggest it, but you can't keep him tied to your apron strings forever, you know. And my mind is made up. Please come and sit in the chair. You seem tired. Sophie tottered to the low chair the king pointed to and sank into it, wondering when the guards would arrive to arrest her. The king looked vaguely around. My daughter was here just now, he said. To Sophie's considerable surprise, he bent down and looked under the desk. Valeria? He called. Valley, come on out, this way, there's a good girl. There was a shuffling noise. After a second, Princess Valeria shunted herself out from under the desk in sitting position, grinning benignly. She had four teeth, but she was not old enough to have grown a proper head of hair. All she had was a ring of wispy whiteness around her ears. When she saw Sophie, she grinned wider yet and reached out with her hand. She had just been sucking on and took hold of Sophie's dress. Sophie's dress responded with, responded with a spreading wet stain as the princess hauled herself to her feet on it. Staring up into Sophie's face, Valeria addressed a friendly remark to her in what was clearly a private foreign language. Oh, said Sophie, feeling an awful fool. I understand how a parent feels, Mrs. Pendragon, said the king. And there ends the blackening of Howell's name. Man, that did not go very well. No, no. And it, I, I actually don't remember this chapter at all, you know. From the... F I don't yeah. remember if any of this becomes relevant later on. I, I don't... I feel like he, the king's daughter does. But... Um, I don't remember where. The ending of this book is becoming such a haze to me, and I don't remember why. It's been a while since I've read it. So that's... A part of me is thinking that the ending that I remember may not be the ending. <laughs> it's very possible. It's very possible. I, I, like, I have a very vivid image in my head of what the ending of this book is. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know if it's still correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mine's very hazy. I, I honestly can't really remember what what happens at the end of this one uh the book <clears throat> i don't know why i clarified that that was weird but uh <laughs> yeah which well, is exciting you know, actually it's nice yeah i, I mean because really we're we're getting to we're getting to re-experience a lot of stuff and it feels it feels a little not quite as not quite as uh whimsical as it did when we were doing uh phantom tollbooth uh definitely not there is there's still some some whimsy to this learning or, or, or re 
readjusting to things that we kind of know. Yeah. And, like, because I remember that some of this stuff becomes relevant later on, but, like, I didn't remember the, the, the chapter where they went to Wales. I did. I remember that chapter vividly because I remember... Um, I remember watching the movie so many times because I probably watched the movie a hundred times. Like I'm not even exaggerating. That's probably. Well, I mean, that's what you—it's what you watched every night before you went to bed for a better part of two years. Yeah. It, well, I've li- I probably watched that that movie over a hundred times. Um, so I remember reading the book and that part coming up because, like, up until that part, like the book and the movie kind of mesh together. The same, yeah. Same path. There's a couple of things that happen that aren't aren't exactly the same, but more or less, they follow the same track. And then that happens, and I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> this this is like it 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 just like widened the complexity of the characters and howl to me because he's like he's just it just I don't know it, I just remember reading the stuff that was happening in that chapter for the first time. And it, I was just like, what? This is, this is crazy. Like, I mean, I, I can definitely, I can definitely agree. Because that that's because, how I felt when we, when we read it this time. Cause I didn't remember that chapter. At well, all. and it just, because when you like, when you're starting out this book and the movie, like it feels very set in a time period. Right. Like, it's like, this is like, you know medieval like there's castles and like it's very like it, it feels no older than like let's say the uh like 1600s 16 1700s yeah yeah like it's it's very much in that time era and then they go to this and it's like the 1980s <laughs> right and it was just such like a what? <laughs> yeah, like he's got a rugby footballer's jersey on. And well, all they drive in a car. Yeah. And they're playing video games. Like, <laughs> like, it was just so bizarre to me, but it worked. I absolutely, I, that, that's, that chapter is actually what made me fall in love with the book. So, I, interestingly enough, the, the, so I, 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 I'd been thinking about that for a while. We didn't know it. But Howl's Moving Castle is actually an isekai. You don't know what an isekai is, do you? I don't. Okay, isekai is a, is a genre of anime where a person gets sucked from another world and then put into a different world. Okay. So, so like, uh, SAO, um, No Game, No Life, Log Horizon, uh, Konosuba. Most of these you haven't watched, but... I was like, I literally know SAO. <laughs> That's the uh, I've ever heard of. There's uh, that time I was reincarnated as a slime. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> yeah. There's this weird trend going on with anime right now where they just have stupid long names. Like one of, the, the, one of the ones that ended up being pretty funny was um, the hero is overpowered but also overcautious. Or the overcautious hero is overpowered. Is the name of the anime? God, what a weird, what a what a overly uh, well, and then specific name. There's Bofuri. Um, I I I maxed out my defense because I was afraid of getting hurt. That's the that's the whole name of the anime. <laughs> All right, they gotta stop. 
Bofuri is actually really good, and I'm sad it only has one season. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I think we actually talked about that like on the last yeah yeah podcast. Well, and then what I just recently I just recently watched um, and I told I talked I told you about this one in the last podcast. I think um, I think it was on Dark Tales was uh, by the grace of the gods. Yes, um, you did. which is just I finally finished it. Finally watched it all the way to the end. Ridiculously wholesome. And such a fun anime. Yeah, like you, were it saying, was, yeah you were saying that. I remember. Um, it was really I'll good. Check it out. I strongly recommend. Where is it at? Uh, I, I think that, that that one's either on, on Hulu or HBO. I don't remember. Um, I have both. So, but I, yeah, like, I literally haven't been on Netflix in, in months because all of the anime I'm watching is either on HBO or on Hulu. Well, Netflix is kind of like there's not a lot. I mean, there is a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot on Netflix. But Netflix is where I go for B movies now. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch up on The Witcher for our uh, uh, podcast. Dark podcast Tales. sake, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's pretty much the only reason I go to Netflix right now. Um, but on the note of House Moon Castle, I don't really have anything more to add to this chapter. Um, I don't. I, I don't either. I, I don't know uh, if any of this stuff's going to come up later. This chapter was a total surprise to me. The only the only thing is, is that it's a very interesting departure from this same scene in the movie. It's oh my god! Yeah, you can't even like if you line these, it, it would be such a weird. Because yeah, at, the, at this point, the the king and Madame Solomon have like stripped the witch of the waste of all of her powers. But where where Madame Solomon, who is Wizard Solomon, in the book? Well, so here's I th yeah, so it's Wizard Solomon and Mrs. Penstemon. I think they yeah. merge those two characters. Well, what it, so where where she is like the ultimate power in the the book, like, like that everybody's afraid of and should be afraid of. And we here the Witch of the Waste. Everybody's afraid of her. Yeah. Like the king's afraid of her, the, the wizard Solomon's afraid of her, Mrs. Penstemon got, got nuked. By I don't think her. she was afraid of her, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't think she was afraid, but she's, yeah, she still got. <laughs> she still got day one by her, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> it was still a round one knockout. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. But uh, Howl Fair the King, enough. everybody's everybody's afraid of the Witch of the Waste. Whereas in the, I, you know, I actually don't remember how her story ends in this. I have, I, rem I have a recollection. I don't want to say anything, but I, I yeah. have a. I'm having a like, like a little bit of a like. I have this, and I think I, have I this... remember how she like where she ties in, and like we see her somewhere else that I don't think like that we've already seen her that we don't know it's her I ha she... yeah yeah I have this weird this weird recollection of like a a like aha reveal at the end involving the witch of the waste yes and there is I, yeah and I don't I don't remember what it is to save my life I I, I think I do uh, uh, when when we're off you can tell me and I'll see if I remember well We'll, we'll, Leah, let's end the podcast. We'll keep it recording. I'll say it, and then we'll see if I'm right. We can play it at the end of the last episode. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you guys can you guys can make bets. Yeah. 
make bets on 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 whether or not uh, Smith is right. We like we can that. do like a, we can all do like a small a small betting pool on this and hopefully not get in trouble for it. Um, uh, it, what, it won't be betting. We're not betting. It's a it's a donation, donation pool to whoever gets it correct. <laughs> <laughs> We're raising donations for the person who gets the answer right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> not a bet. All right, where can uh, where can people follow you, my guy? They can. So my address is no, um, <laughs> um, uh, follow on, me on, to work. <laughs> to work. Uh, nope, you can't follow me there. Uh, <laughs> you guys will get that later. Um, on the Instagrams, a n n n s e a n. That's Instagram, uh, TikTok, real thick Jesus, two Q's, extra thick. Extra thick. Same on yep. Twitter. And that's where I'm at. That's who I'm, that's me. That's what I'm doing. And, then, and of you course, know, you guys, yeah, which comes out every Monday at uh, around 10 in the morning Pacific Standard Time. So uh, just in time for everybody to catch it in the morning if you, before work, um, if you are on the, the West Coast time zones of the United States or earlier, and uh, for everybody to, uh, who, who is later to catch it uh, after work on the way home. That's why I picked 10.30, because I was like, oh, well, if, you're, if, if like our, our fans and, and listeners over in the UK and whatnot, they can catch it when they're getting off work. And True. then uh, everybody, everybody else can uh, catch it before they go to work. Or at work. Or at work, yeah. yeah. Occupy yourself doing something constructive. Yeah, I was like, I listen, to, I listen to podcasts while I'm twerking. Well, I mean, while you're twerking seems like it'd be mildly difficult, but Not respectable. Not expert. And of course, you guys can follow me at Black Dragon Tavern over on the YouTubes, and you can catch me at Real Slim Yeezus uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and of course at The Real Slim Yeezus over on TikTok. Um, I finally started uploading every day again. I've got skits and uh, stitches and all of the kinds of things that are all good fun. And of course, thank you to all of the people who subscribe to the podcast and who listen to every episode. You guys are amazing and we love you. You're spectacular. And a big shout out, especially Marcus, the official reviewer of the podcast. And we're serious. Uh, And we are serious (laughs) about liking your reviews of the podcast. And, we may uh, sound like sarcastic d- a-holes. B- b- booty hoos. Booty hoos. I think a-holes is acceptable, right? It's, it's you, can't acceptable. Have, you can't have kids running around. <laughs> Mom, Smith said a-hole. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue with what you were saying. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, and a big shout out to all of our patrons who support over on Patreon. You guys are beasts and we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us on this leg of Sophie's journey beyond the Phantom Toll Booth. We will see you guys on Monday for uh, Geralt's journey beyond the Phantom Toll Booth yep. uh, in The Witcher Last Wish. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm so tired, Mike. My brain's not functioning. That's probably the third time I've thanked people for listening. 
Tap remember to stay bloodthirsty, my friends. And also remember... All hail. The Black Dragons, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.